Today is 1 Kings 19, 1-8. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose, and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a room tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank, and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, New Hope, Mississauga congregation members. It is so wonderful to see you each week. Face to face, that uh, we're able to gather as a family of God. And we want to also bless and um, remind uh, our uh, congregation members who are joining online uh, may uh, the strength and peace of the Lord be upon you this morning uh, as you worship our Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and truth. I hope you feel more refreshed today because you got to sleep one hour extra. Or maybe some of you, uh, knowing that you have extra one hour, uh, you went to bed late. Uh, Pastor Charles, in the beginning, uh, he was a little disappointed because he thought a lot of people would be here maybe an hour earlier. Uh, but maybe uh, Pastor Charles living in an analog uh, world, because uh, no one really use uh, you know analog uh, alarm system. We get waken up by our smartphone alarm these days, and it corrects automatically. So I, w- I was having realistic expectation that people will just show up uh, same time. You know, times change, uh, but our habit uh, may not uh, change. But this morning uh, during praise, I don't know about you, but I was really ministered by our praise team, a powerful worship, and the fact that our worship team, our praise team, uh, serve the Lord, uh, praise the Lord so faithfully uh, during a pandemic. But not only uh, during pandemic, but I was like just thinking through uh, our Deacon Sally who led prayer. Thank you, Deacon Sally. But I've known Deacon Sally when she was in high school. I was her youth pastor. I was like, wow, you know, it's been like, over, I don't know, 25 years, more than 25 years, I have known uh, some of the members, our praise team who've been serving over 20 years, uh, Sam and Deacon Junior, uh, Hannah and Deacon Sam Chang. I have known them, that they've been serving our New Hope uh, praise team since their college years. And um, 
after getting married, having children, uh, there were times that they went through ups and downs, but still uh, serving the Lord so faithfully through the community. And that's the power of God, and that's the power of testimony. And I, as I was thinking about it, I was so grateful to the Lord, and on the other hand, I was reminded, man, I'm getting old as well. But it is wonderful for us to grow together as a community because God's community is really about serving God, serving one another, but also growing together as a family members. And, and that's what God has blessed us as a church. This morning, as we go through God's extraordinary power in dark times, today is a sixth message. Actually, today and next Sunday, uh, we'll be talking about recovering from spiritual depression. So today is a part one, and next Sunday will be part two. Spiritual depression may come to anyone, even amongst leaders, pastors, missionaries, and those who have been so faithful in the Lord. It may come to anyone. There are times that we may experience highs in our spiritual walk, but there are moments that we experience, or also experience lows in our lives. Last Sunday, we talked about Elijah winning spiritual warfare. And that was a climax of his life journey and ministry. And that was a highlight. What a glorious moment Elijah had on Mount Carmel. That he won against false prophets, declaring, declaring the power of God. God answered Elijah's prayer with fire and rain. Now you would think that after such amazing victory, testimony, experiencing power of God, Elijah would be pumped up, you know, like hallelujah, praise the Lord, I can conquer in the name of the Lord, in the power of God. And yet, as we come to the very next passage in 1 Kings chapter 19, we see Elijah broken, depressed, spiritually solo, uh, quitting everything. And actually, he wanted to end his life and asking the Lord, Lord, end my life. This is it. And yet, you and I, we are not surprised by it because many of us, we have experienced spiritual highs, and yet on the other hand, we experience spiritual lows. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers in all times, uh, on Sunday, he was on fire, and he will preach the word of the Lord, and thousands of people will be repenting and coming before the Lord. But in his journal, he struggled Monday morning with spiritual depression. And you will say that, well, Charles Spurgeon, maybe he was a hypocrite, double standard. You know, on Sunday, he's on fire, but Monday at home, he's spiritually low. But that was a testimony of every spiritual giant, even Martin Lloyd-Jones, so he wrote a book called Spiritual Depression. Many, many known missionaries and people 
who were used by God, like Elijah, When God was using them mightily, they were on fire and they were preaching the gospel and yet there are also many, many moments that they were experiencing spiritual depression as well. I hope and pray that you don't feel depressed right now because I'm talking about spiritual depression and yet it could happen to anybody. If Elijah could experience spiritual depression, it could happen to you and me as well. So today we'll be talking about spiritual depression and how God recover or restore. And the core message will be divided into part one and part two. And today as we cover part one, the first, let me begin by saying this. We need to recognize the cause of spiritual depression. What causes spiritual depression? So unknown author said, After great victories, there are many vulnerabilities. Let me say that again. After great victories, there are many vulnerabilities. So we have to be very careful after victory or achieving a goal that we've been pursuing for a very, very long time. Whether you are students, whether you are in your workplace, you know, I know that many of you work really, really hard and you want something so badly that you put your energy, you put your thought, prayer, your life. Even for parents, you put a lot of your effort and care raising your children and even building your spouse. And there are great victories that God may grant to us. And yet after those victories, usually... And there are vulnerabilities. Even Jesus Christ, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was on fire. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet enemy tempts Jesus right away. Of course, Jesus is a perfect sinless. So Jesus never failed. He was able to overcome with the word of the Lord through prayer. And yet not us. You and I, we're not Jesus. So we are vulnerable. And it is so easy for us to slip away or fall spiritually. So what are some of the reasons that we become vulnerable after great victories? Number one, when you are disappointed. So after victory, there are times that we get disappointed. Look at Elijah on the Mount of Carmel. He prayed before the Lord and fire came down. And everyone recognized that God is almighty. God is powerful. He deserves worship. The glory of the Lord was revealed. So Elijah maybe thought, you know what? This is it. Everyone will repent and will come back to the Lord. They will repent. And maybe even King Ahab said, Elijah, I'm so sorry. I will repent to God. After three years of famine, the rain came, the rain of grace. And yet there was no repentance from Ahab. Ahab ran away and his wife, Jezebel, who was evil queen, and she was even more tougher and hardened and said, I will kill Elijah. Disappointment. Have you ever experienced disappointment 
You know, you thought that if I achieve that goal, if I run hard, if I really pray, if I really serve, if I dedicate and sacrifice everything for her, for my children, or for my workplace, somehow they will recognize. Or maybe that I can go to the next phase of my journey or life. And yet, you feel empty. It ain't what you expected. I heard a lot of uh, people in midlife go through that. So we call it as a midlife crisis. You are there what you've been dreaming of. Right? You're finally there. I heard that many married couples fight and even like separated or divorced like when they move into their dream house. Their dream position. Even some of the seniors fall into depression because they sacrifice and gave everything for their children and then they are married and an empty nester and yet, is this it? And is this what we have? Some of the pastors, the reason why Monday depression is like Sunday, you know, they preach and people say, you know what, that was an amazing message. We're inspired, we're so blessed by it, and yet you see congregation members going exactly to right ha old habit, simple pattern. It's like, what's the point? What's the point? Especially those who are loving and relational, you give, 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 and serve, serve, serve. Uh, it happens to even life group leaders, right? You give, you serve, and yet you feel alone, disappointed. Somehow, you know, the people should recognize and at least thank you, right? But there are times that they take things for granted. You feel disappointed. Maybe you are disappointed from your spouse, your children, or the reality, even from church. Maybe you are disappointed even from God that how the, your life turned out. And that's when even after great victory or success or achieving what we've been dreaming of, we may get disappointed. Number two, uh, when you are fatigued, burnt out. Elijah was tired. He was burnt out. I mean, he was going through spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle against like hundreds of false prophets. No reason why he was burnt out. Now many of us, I think COVID-19, somehow in the beginning kind of slowed us down, right? I heard, you know, staying home, spending time with the family, it's all good. But after like six months down the road, I've been hearing like, especially our congregation members, like, oh, we it cut our commuting hour. Commuting one hour to work and commuting back to one hour, like save two hours, but then I end up working four hours extra. <laughs> Demand, or email, even after 5 p.m., 6 p.m., right? Even on Saturday, Sunday, there's a work order or email, and you feel like you have to respond. I know that feeling. Sometimes I get cacao talk Sunday, 
2 a.m. and 3 a.m., you know, from some of the people think that this is urgent. And it's like, this is not urgent. And yet we are adding stress, you know. We need to do more. We need to do bigger. We need to do faster. It's very interesting because Rollo May, in his book, has said, human is the only living creature runs faster when they're lost. Like other animals, when they're lost, they pause. And then they go back to their original place. They trace back to their home. But human is the only living creature, when they're lost, they panic and then start running faster. It's like, thank God that we have GPS. But before GPS days, like, there are times that we get lost, but then when you get lost, you just stop. At least go to gas station and ask, am I going to the right direction? But then a lot of people, we get anxious, so that we should drive faster. Because we get anxious. And that really show. And even as a pastor, I see some of the congregation members who are faithfully serving, and yet when they are tired, when they are fatigued, sometimes anger comes out, right? Frustration, bitterness. Especially we have a lot of young moms. And I know what you go through because many nights uh, you, you sleep less. And even fathers, you may go through that season as well. Sleep less. And sometimes I see congregation members you know, who serve so faithfully, all of a sudden like they explode. Why? Because they're tired. They feel burnt out. Many times we don't really know what is going on internally and spiritually and that we just kind of move on, continually cover ourselves and in denial that we are burnt out. And those are vulnerable times that we become spiritually depressed. Number three, when you're loosened up, meaning, you know, after such a intense moment we just kind of let go so yes we need to rest but many times we put everything down we just let everything go I remember I still remember vividly when I was in LA doing ministry uh, one of the lady um, she was in in her 60s Korean first generation member asked me to actually do home visitation for her husband that her husband uh, and as i heard the story what went on uh, they immigrated in their late 30s after they got married from korea but he was very highly motivated person he wanted to provide security and rather than doing small business he wanted to study so he went to ucla engineering late 30s he studied and after he finished his study he got a job in engineering firm so he wanted to work hard and provide it for family 
He never ever missed a day. He never ever used sick day. He wanted to prove himself. He wanted to be faithful, provide for family. And other than vacation, you know, a couple of weeks here and there, he never got to really travel with his wife. So he made a promise. You know what? I'm so sorry, but when I retire, let's go travel the world. You know, I'll take you to cruise. So he made a promise to his wife, and wife was very happy and comforted. Okay, you know, just work hard. You know, I support you. And finally, he had a day of retirement, glorious celebration. A day after his retirement, he had a stroke. And since then, he was bedridden. Because all of his life, he never let go. And he was always tense studying and working. He had so much pressure and stress, he didn't know how to regulate himself and find balance and rest. And he was so tense. And we call this as a running with borrowed energy. You know what? We need to work hard, but with the energy that God has given to us. But oftentimes what happens is that we don't have energy, but we borrow energy. And because we borrow energy, once everything has run out and dry, we have nothing left in us. And finally, the moment comes, we let go. We really let go of everything. And we hit a wall. There are times that we go through spiritual depression, or maybe you have seen someone like, who's been so on fire, and who's been serving, 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 and all of a sudden, right? Just like everything down the drain. So there are numerous causes that may bring spiritual depression, even in our everyday life. And that's why we need to monitor ourselves. Maybe you are experiencing growth, success, a fruit. And yet deep in your heart, if you are not careful, enemies may use disappointment. Or the fact that you are burnt out or maybe because you somehow let go during the season that you become a lot more vulnerable to such spiritual attack and spiritual depression. But secondly, not only knowing the cause, we need to also recognize the symptoms of spiritual depression. And there are many different symptoms of spiritual depression, but today for the time's sake, I would like to take a look Two symptoms that Elijah went through. Number one, we end up listening to distorted truth. In verse 2, now coming back to today's passage, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. So Zezebel was furious, and Zezebel was determined and saying, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. If I don't kill you, I'm going to be like, may curse of God be upon me. So to make it 
saying, if I, if, if I don't kill you, I'm going to be killed. Right? That's a scary statement. And yet, if you really think about it, this was nothing new. Because Ahab and Jezebel, they determined to kill Elijah even from the beginning. Nothing new. Elijah was so bold, courageous, he was a man of faith. Even against 450 false prophets about and 400 prophets Asera and even King Ahab, you know what? My God is bigger. My God is greater, more powerful than any other gods, any other human. And yet, as Elijah went through spiritual depression, now this one person, and he, he heard from Jezebel, even the messenger, not even directly, or Jezebel said she was going to kill you, and that one word like made him. Like falling apart. Have you ever experienced that? One person's comment, one incident, even at workplace, like before. I mean, you, you, you conquer even worse than that, right? You overcame, like, even bigger challenge and obstacles, and yet just one little person, you know, attack or criticism or one minor incident, somehow like, it's like the world to you, as if world is falling apart. And what Jezebel said was true, but not true. What do I mean by that? Yes, Jezebel really said, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. But, brothers and sisters, you and I, as we are going through the life of Elijah, who's in control of Elijah? Who is the author and perfecter of Elijah's life? Our God. God is in charge of Elijah. God was the one training, providing every step of the way. God protected Elijah. So unless God says, Elijah, you're done, Elijah is never done. So real truth is that God is in control. Did Jezebel really say it? Yes. But that will not be taking place. Because Zezebel is saying, in the name of my gods. And Elijah knew those gods are false gods. They don't exist. And then rather than hearing to the word of the Lord, because all along and up to this point, Elijah listened to the word of the Lord. If God said go, he went. If God said stop, he stopped. If God said pray, he prayed. If God said proclaim, proclaim. And yet now, all of a sudden, Zezebel's voice becoming louder than voice of God. That's one of the symptoms. Right? Because we listen to the word of the Lord, but all of a sudden, when we are spiritually low, we hear other people's voice louder than voice of God. We let the voice of circumstance, voice of someone, becoming louder and louder. 
That's one of the symptoms of even spiritual gen uh, de general depression as well. Now Michael Patton said, depression whispers something in your ear and it sounds as if it represents reality in the moment. So you begin to hear other voice. Even your own voice saying, there is no point. I am nothing. I am nobody. I am worthless. No one cares even if I disappear. You know that's not true and yet somehow that voice becomes more reality to you. Second symptom is running away or even walking away. Up until now, Elijah always followed God's direction. If God said go, he went. If God said stop, stay, he stayed. But in verse 3, it says, Then he was afraid and he arose. God didn't speak to him to go, but he arose because he was afraid. Out of fear, anxiety, because of circumstance, he just prematurely went. Beersheba, there's nothing wrong with a Beersheba, but the problem is God never told him to go to Beersheba. But he went because of circumstance. It's like running away, walking away. And one of the symptoms of spiritual depression is that we run away from spiritual walk. Not only that, we run away from God's mission and purpose. We run away from relationship. An extreme will be we run away from our life. When you run away or walk away spiritually, eventually the result, the consequence is that you walk away from God's purpose, why you live, and you walk away from very precious relationships and even community. There are people who shut down, right? Don't respond, no text. They just cut up by themselves. Yes, there are times that God may allow you to be trained alone, to be isolated. Elijah went through that. But in this season, Elijah did it to himself, walking away on his own against God's will. And in verse 4, for I am no better than my fathers. And verse 4 says, he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now. O oh Lord, take away my life. Brothers and sisters, maybe some of you are going through this season. If you like walking away from something very important in your life, But the good news is that it never ends right there. Even though you feel like you're walking away, this is it, this is the end. In God, it is never the end. Our time is running and yet I have to go through at least the first part of restoring from spiritual depression. So I will end with this point. We need to receive God's provision of rest. The true rest and restoration comes only from God. We see God 
coming to Elijah. And now God is going to restore Elijah to go to Mount Horeb. It was a mountain of God. So brothers and sisters, you and I, if we really need to be fully restored and recover, we have to go to the mountain of God. And you know the mountain of God, not literally, physically. It's not like I'm saying you need to do mount climbing. But we need to go to the mountain of God, meaning we need to worship God. We need to go to the word of the Lord. We need to go to be restored in our relationship with God. And yet the problem is that when we are so low, when we are spiritually depressed, there are no strength and energy or even motivation left in us that we cannot go and we don't feel like going. Right? You know ultimately you need to come to God, but you don't know how and you have no strength in you to go. So what do you do? And one of the comforting things in today's passage is that God never said, you know, Elijah, come on, move forward, move on, forget your problem. You know, what's wrong with you? Get up, come to me. God never said it. And God never condemned Elijah. In this story, God came to Elijah. And that's the beauty of the gospel, that God our God is never saying, you come to me, you meet my expectation, you meet my requirement and standard. But instead, God said, I will come to you. So God went to Elijah. Elijah, you need to come to me ultimately, but I know right now that you cannot. But I'll go to you. And God sent his angel twice. And what did God do? In a broom tree where Elijah was almost like saying, let me die. This is it. That's where God showed and appeared. Number one, provided rest. In verse 5, he lay down and slept under a broom tree. Physically, literally. You know, sometimes when you are burnt out, the best secret, you need to sleep. You need to sleep, literally sleep. Because when you sleep and feel physically rest, your spirit becomes more clear. You know, as, as I was doing um, spiritual formation, uh, once a year, I had to go to Boston, uh, Gordon-Conwell, uh, during Doctor of Ministry program. And, and thank God for you know, the time and support that church allowed me to go away uh, two weeks at a time. And it's an intensive course, you know, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, like eight-hour class. But yeah, one thing that I really appreciated out of the spiritual program was that once a year when all these full-time pastors gather, uh, first, we don't go to class, but we go to retreat center. So we have three nights and four days of retreat. Like, I'm used to, like, Korean style of having spiritual retreat. So what do you do? You go, and then early morning you have to wake up, right? Late night you pray. But one thing that I learned at this spiritual formation, the first day our spiritual directors and professors said, first day, everyone, is a silent day of prayer. No one talking. 
That is the only rule. No talking all day. But you can either pray or sleep. Do anything on your own. But no talking. Guess what I did? I slept. And I was not the only one. I slept and slept and slept and woke up. I was bored. I was reading. And after sleeping and sleeping, sleeping and reading some of the word of the Lord, I went out and walking by myself. And that's when like God showed me like screenshot of like my whole year, you know. I've been busy, busy, busy. But like reflection of like my past. It's like a movie. And then all of a sudden, I feel refreshed. It's like, what am I going to do after this program? Like when I go back to church, like what I would love to do. Like it's like after sleep, like it's a magic. Maybe some of the moms, you just need to sleep a little bit. You know, maybe some of the dad, you need to sleep. And some of the students, you need to have rest. Maybe some of you have been resting too much, and that's another issue and problem. And that's, uh, that's not resting, that's being lazy. Right? But we're talking about people who are serving the Lord. Number two, providing loving touch. In verse 5, an angel touched him. Literally. Brother and sister, when someone is spiritually low, that's not when God disciplines. You know, there are times that God disciplines, but these are the times that God appeared and God gave loving touch. Brother and sister, we all need loving touch. When your loved one is going through a low time, as a spouse, don't judge. God never said, Elijah, you are a prophet? You are a spiritual leader? How dare? Like you, is, is that all you have? God never said it, Elijah. God sent an angel and touched him. Sometimes when our loved one is going through something, just, we just need to be there, just touch that person. It could be physical touch. It could be emotional touch. It could be conversational touch. And that's what church needs to be. And that's what our life group needs to be. In this season, maybe some of your life group members, like, they don't come out to church. Like, they're, they're going through something, and, and yet somehow they're coming to your life group. Praise the Lord, because your life group needs to be functioning like a broom tree where eventually that person will gain strength. Eventually that family will be restored to go to Mount Horeb. But until then, rather than judging and condemning and criticizing, putting them down, shaming them, you just need to be broom tree where just touch them. Friends, right? When your friends are going through, there are times that you need to rebuke, yes. But on the other end, there are times that you just need to touch that person. I care for you. I'll pray for you. Lastly, providing nourishment, right? Food. Verse 5, arise and eat. Elijah, sleep and eat. 
We need to pace ourselves. We need to sleep. We need to eat. Because if you don't eat, you have no strength to walk to the Mount Horeb. From Beersheba to Mount Horeb, it will take 40 days of walking. And our God is amazing because God didn't ask Elijah, walk 40 days then I will restore you. No, I will restore you so that you can walk 40 days. Why Mount, from Mount Carmel to Mount Horeb? Why Mount Horeb? Isn't God everywhere? Can God meet Elijah there? But we know Mount Horeb is another name of Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai is a place where God gave the word of the Lord. Meaning, Elijah, you need to come to Mount Sinai where you need to be restored with the word of the Lord. You need to be restored with worship. But I know right now that you don't have strength. You cannot come, so I will give you rest. I will give you food, and I will touch you. Maybe in this season, some of us who are going through that, or maybe some of our loved ones are going through that so that we need to provide like a broom tree where our church, our life group needs to be a broom tree. But ultimately, brothers and sisters, let me end with this. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate broom tree where he brings restoration and rest. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So brothers and sisters, all, all along, that Jesus is with us. And he is the best, perfect broom tree where he said, I know you are tired. I will give you rest. I will give you spiritual nourishment. I will give you my gentle touch. And I hope and pray that we'll be able to experience such rest and recovery from God. So we will continue next Sunday, but let me conclude with this statement. God's grace through the cross provides true rest and re restoration from spiritual depression. Let's pray. Brothers and sisters, if Elijah could experience such spiritual low, spiritual depression, and no one is free from it. I'm not sharing this so that now you have some kind of now right or entitled to just stay where you are. But ultimately the heart of God is that God wants to meet you. As we talked about cause and symptom, maybe some of us, we are there and God is now ministering to us and yet somehow we're still blind or spiritually right now deaf so that still we hear other voices. We are in this spiritual deep trap. But yet our God is saying, I'm here. I'm speaking to you now. Don't give in to deception of enemy. Don't hear distorted truth. Enemy saying you are nobody or it's better for you to end. 
right there. But that's not true. You are a child of God. God has a purpose, and God wants to give you rest, touch you, and give you spiritual nourishment. Brothers and sisters, you know there are so many times. Even my experience, I experience highs, but also lows. But one thing that I know for sure, in spite of that, the God has been there all along, and I know that that is true, even in your life. And God is here with you right now. Maybe this worship is like a broom tree right now. God is not saying do better, do more, hurry. No, God is saying, rest. Let me touch you. Let's spend some time just receive right now. You don't need to do anything. Just receive. Recognize that you are a child of God. And if you know anyone in your life right now going through something like this, you cannot really motivate that person with your human effort. Just say, God, would you touch that person? Would you meet that person? Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you for your love, your presence. Not only when we are doing well and serving and having spiritual highs, but even spiritual low, and feel like we're alone. No one knows and no one cares, and yet, Lord, you are there, gently touching our soul and our lives, just like Elijah. Lord Jesus, your cross, your love, your grace restore us. And yet, so many times, rather than hearing your word and promise, we hear other voices. Oh Lord, today, help us to tune into your gentle voice again. In Jesus' name, we pray.